0: William Branham Historical Research Podcast. I'm your host, John Collins, the author and founder of William Branham Historical Research at william-branham.org, and with me I have my co-host, researcher, and friend, James Goad. And together, we're discussing the very weird things that preachers say, why they say them, and how they relate back to the latter rain healing revivals of the late 1940s through the 1960s. James, I know this is the moment that you've been waiting for. <laughs> we've uh, <laughs> we've finally made it to the topic of of interest for you, and I'll say this for a lot of X message people because this is just one of those. I don't know. It's one of those means to control children for what is seemingly no apparent reason, but as we'll get into it today, there is a little bit of the method to the madness behind it, but (laughs) we're getting into a subject that I know I was in a group, category of people who was in the message who was actually able to do this while I had many of my peers were not able to do this, and it was confusing for me, so... Years ago, I dug into this a bit just to study and see, number one, why are they not allowed to do it? Number two, why am I and certain people who are in the quote-unquote cult elite allowed to do it? And I'm excited to get into it. I don't know about you.
1: Oh, yeah, no, this is, this is one of those things that any kid growing up in the message who, uh, went to the youth camps and things like that and had, were under some of the ministers <clears throat> who were, uh, more militant against these sorts of things, um, They'll uh they'll be able to relate a lot with this episode. <laughs> so yeah, they be I'm very interested to get in and take a look and uh see where this takes us.
0: <laughs> yeah, this one will be fun. So we're getting into video games and like I said, I was able to play them and I had a lot of peers that weren't. In many of the rural churches where especially where the minister was Elderly, <laughs> they, they <laughs> were strongly forbidden in many of the, especially in the more fundamentalist flavors of the cult and its splinter groups. Now, when you got into the bigger cities where, you know, a lot of parents would rather their kids stay inside in the safety of the home than to <laughs> let them go out and play with the neighborhood kids and whatever trouble they might get into. Some of those churches actually did allow it. So it got a little bit weird. But I, um, so at the top of the cult, there was the Branham family at the top of the message cult. And the peers of the Branham family were allowed to play video games. In fact, I, I won't give the names, but one person very, very, very close to them, had one of the old cocktail Miss Pac-Man game consoles, not the kind that you stand up, but the kind like you would see in a in a bar or a pub, where <laughs> where you sit down and both players face each other. And at seven years old, I believe it was, he was able to roll the digits on that game. So that meant he. I think it's in the millions before it rolls, but he could take one man, one Pac Man, or Miss Pac Man, I should say, and make it all the way up to the millions and roll it. And they had that. They had, I want to say it was ColecoVision, one of the old ones. And, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it because I was never told that this was not allowed. I was in the category of the cult elite. <laughs> but then whenever I moved to some of the more rural areas in the country, I was a little surprised because those children looked at me like I had a demon for for playing (laughs) video games. And uh, I got my first, I think it was Nintendo entertainment center uh, system. Whenever I was, I want to say high school It's the first video, second video game system I owned. And, I was able to convert a few of them over to (laughs) the dark side, but my very first gaming console system that I ever owned, I want to say I was in fourth grade, third or fourth grade, and a person who was even closer to the Branham family gave me my first gaming system. And it was this, it was called Vectrex, but it was this gaming system that was all in one unit that. You could play Asteroids and, you know, a few different of the old-school games. The controllers were built into the unit, so you pulled them out. And, man, it was—it brings back memories. I want to go dig it out of my parents' <laughs> attic if they still have it.
1: <laughs> Probably be worth something, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, <I'm> it <white>. might.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we should just start off here and start diving into some of these clips that we have to take a look at. But, yeah. Um, One of the things that you start to see patterns emerging, like you said, some of the generations don't, some of the ministers are elderly and they don't have an idea of really what video games are because they didn't grow up with them. Um, it's just this foreign witchcraft of a thing that seems to be captivating people's imaginations and minds. But then you have some of the younger, um, ministers too, and sometimes you're kind of curious about how they're coming up with some of the things they are too, um, but yeah, so let's take a look at this one here where uh, a minister it's, appears to be talking about video games as though they're going to ruin your life somehow. But let's let's take a look and let's dive in further. This really brings us in a humble condition here. That at that time you were without Christ. Can you imagine where you'd be without Christ? You would have filthy minds, filthy lives, no holiness, no judgment, no, I mean, you just let anything come that comes. Instead of shutting the door to Satan, you just let Satan in more and more. Where would you be? I told the church I'd probably be addicted to drugs. I'd be a thug with those sports jerseys on with my hat sideways. I live in still at my, at my mom's house playing video games, smoking and drinking. And that's what I'd be. Can you imagine? Well, look what grace has done for me. Praise God. Praise <laughs> God. 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 Look what grace has done. Amen.
0: So, James, I'm actually glad this guy's no longer living in his mother's basement. Um, <clears throat> you, you know, this is a double-edged sword because I get what this minister's saying. And to some extent, it's actually a good thing. There, Anything that you overdo, anything that you overindulge can form maybe not an addiction, but, you know, people say you're addicted to video games. There is... There are some studies where the brain releases some endorphins as you're playing, and it gets you into this weird video game high, if you will. But it's not addictive like you can't leave it and come back, but some children overdo it, right? So if this guy truly was of the mentality that he was (laughs) living in his mother's basement and (laughs) might never escape unless he found whatever it was that he found... That's a good thing. I'll give him this. What's interesting about this particular clip is something that Charles and I have discussed offline. I don't think we've got into it much in the podcast yet, but whenever a central figure of a cult rises into authoritative control and they begin to lose their mental faculties, which clearly happened with William Branham, and in fact, he admits it in like, I want to say it's 1963 or 64. He had a serious, serious mental health issue that he was told that he could not be cured of, and if you actually study the transcripts it progressively gets worse from 1963 to about 1965 we're going to be covering this in one of the upcoming podcasts but as somebody loses their mental health and they're in a full authoritative control of whatever is the cult of personality that they have manipulated to control they turn into basically ranting and everything is condemned and so you'll find these weird statements where the cult leader is going on and on about you're doing this wrong you're doing that wrong and they'll lump things in like and you women with washing machines and (laughs) they basically everything is evil whenever you reach the point where you've lost full control of mental health and i don't get the sense that this person who, you know, we won't mention his name, but this minister who says this, he doesn't come across to me as having the mental health issues like like the man he's promoting. But I do sense that there's a little bit of this ranting. He's included video games as though that's part of the evil. Now, if he was truly addicted, I'll give him that. You know, maybe he's overdoing the video games, but that doesn't mean that everybody sitting in his congregation are also going to end up living in their mother's basement forever you know what i mean
1: right and that's that's one of the things you see as um especially you look in how video games have been treated in the realm of politics and religion in a wider realm i mean it's it's just there's a lot of similarities to how we talked about earlier in other episodes about harry potter and how that was treated with the larger religious world and So you're like witchcraft. So it's like, we don't even look at the substance. We don't know what it is. We're just afraid of this thing. Ban it completely. We don't even want to understand it. We just want to ban it and get rid of it because obviously it's of the devil. And then you look at how these things can be, how these things can go when they're done healthily. So you have a healthy family who approaches these things from a healthy mindset. Um, parents, you have, you have parents who are getting older now who grew up with video games, who play video games with their kids in a healthy manner. You know, that's not like we're constantly playing video games, but it's like we do these things together. We share family time. It's a way of interacting, um, you know, and there's a, there's a real healthy environment around video games and you see healthy approaches to it. But when you get into some of these more fundamentalist movements, then, and they just condemn it outright. Maybe you have an elderly preacher who doesn't understand the medium, doesn't understand what it is, has never played a video game. And then they just want to condemn it outright and say it's just, it's just taking over your mind and it's, it's going to make you lazy. It's not going to make you, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to hold down a job because all you do is focus on video games. And it's like, man, I really wish you'd actually played a video game and understand what this is before you're going out and trying to tell kids to, to not do this. It's it's very troubling sometimes when you see these things being uh, treated that way.
0: Yeah, it it reminds me a lot. I don't know if you <clears throat> watched it, but the Senate hearings on social media over, you know... Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and the <laughs> the control of the minds which you know is is crazy fascinating because I did agree with them to some extent but you had these really really old senators and congressmen and politicians who were in on this hearing and they would ask questions that clearly showed they had no clue how to even <laughs> hold a cell phone <laughs> you know what i mean right <clears throat> and, and again i don't get the sense of that from this guy i You know to some extent i'm going to say this i actually agree with this guy if i mean truly if he was going to end up living in his mother's basement and play video games until he died then i'm glad he got out of that because that's a bad thing i have a i have mixed emotions on this because during covid all of your children were almost locked up i mean they Think of some of the younger kids, I think my child, I I did the math and it was like 25% of his life was locked up, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, all they had to communicate with the outside world was the video game environment where they're playing a game and they're communicating through the communication systems in the game. I can guarantee you that a vast majority of the ministers in this cult have no idea that not only is it a video game, it's also a like a cell phone. You can talk to each other. It's also like a chat system where you can communicate with each other. It's like a forum, which <laughs> they may not know what that is. I mean, it is this <clears throat> it's this all-in-wonder tool. It's like, you know, your cell phone today Compared to the old world, it's like your telephone, your video camera, your microphone, your notepad, your all of these things. Well, a video game system today, they even market it as your all-in-one entertainment system. It's got your television. It's got everything. <laughs> if you buy an Xbox, it's, it's literally a Swiss army knife of entertainment, which, you know, in the cult, entertainment is taboo anyway. Mm-hmm. But all of that said... I, um, I get what he's saying in the fact that if if this was going to consume his life, that's a bad thing. You know, man, get out of the house. <laughs> don't, stay, <laughs> don't stay in your basement and do this. <clears throat> but again, he is in a position where he is influencing people in a church. And there are children who are going, oh, no, this guy's talking about they're going to take my video games <laughs> if they're even allowed in the church. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> And what's what's really interesting about this is whether this was a learned thing for him, I'm certain, because being in the position he's in as a minister in either the main sector, the splinter group that he's in, many of the older men, like you said, had no idea what is a video game. Because even though video games were invented, I think it's 1962 or so was uh, they were the computer systems of the 50s and 60s were so expensive, you couldn't have one in every common home. So they did exist, but they were more prototype. And it wasn't until the 70s until these video games were starting to get somewhat mainstream but what people what ministers in the fundamentalist religion compared them to because again they had no idea what this was <laughs> many of them no idea what technology is because it, even technology is taboo they compared them to the pinball machines and pinball is crazy fascinating because It's a gaming system before there was a video game. And then later on, whenever electronics became more widespread, the pinball machines got electromagnets and different electronic components that as the ball went up, it would hit a bumper and then the bumper would shoot the ball. And the you know, this was something that they are familiar with, because In fundamentalist religion in the i want to say 1940s pinball was just as taboo as many of the other topics that we've talked about like (laughs) movies and it was actually pinball was there was this theme spreading through the united states that Pinball was going to take the minds of the children and rob them and rob them of their hard-earned nickels and dimes. That was (laughs) an actual quote to the extent that in, I can't remember what year it was, but New York Mayor LaGuardia actually banned pinball machines from all of New York. You could not play pinball in New York City because of this.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy because, I mean, I grew up playing pinball whenever i had the chance to do it because i i loved pinball i didn't get a lot of opportunities to do it because most of the time it was at an arcade or someplace you had to go to so i didn't have ready access to it in my home though i do remember on a home computer having windows xp and playing uh space cadet pinball on my windows xp machine a lot so that's that's one way i had it at home but it was in more in video game form but uh <laughs> but yeah you know because one of the things that does go on when you're when when you're playing games and in any sort of things like that is, is is you talked about the endorphins get released and 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 one of the one of the things that is going on is you're getting dopamine hits and you know you talk about maybe some of the darker side and You know, you see this going on in like uh, people who are addicted to casinos, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to a casino and dropping some, dropping some playful money and long as it's controlled. And, you know, like you said, you're not addicted, but you know, you see some people and even elderly people who are just, you know, you'll see pictures of this online. You got an elderly person sitting in front of a machine, pressing the button over and over and over again, you know, cause they're getting a dopamine hit every time they hit the button. And it's just, it's, it's, it's something that it's, it's moved into the realm of unhealthy where this is completely fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with this, but for whatever reason, this person is not interacting with this in a healthy way. And some of, some of the things in a casino are designed to, to gamify the dopamine release. Um, you know, and one of the things that you see. With newer games as this, as, as an, as an industry as a whole, it's become more of a, um, it's, it's, it's larger than movies these days with the amount of money these things rake in. And some of these larger corporations want to, uh, prey upon that. And so they've introduced concepts in some games where you don't release the game. You don't pay 60 bucks for the game and just get the full game. You get like a part of the game. And then you've got like this loot box system where you pay 20 bucks and you get a loot box, which is a virtual box that you open the box virtually and you randomly get an item out of it. And it may be the item you want. Maybe it's not, but it's moving into the realm of sort of, you know, gambling sort of like, uh, situation there where if, you know, you talk about a little kid, a like kid five years old, you got more of an adult, they can interact with these things more healthily because they know what this is. They know what's going on. But, you know, talk about kid five and six years old, maybe interacting with these things and they're like, ooh, and it's, it's, it's triggering something that they're not, um, they're not ready and they don't have the tools yet to understand what's going on in their brain to know when, okay, this is maybe getting a little unhealthy for me. Maybe I should pause. Um, and so that's one of the things where it's like, yeah, there, there can be an unhealthy relationship that can develop with some of these things. But if you have a healthy home environment where the parents are involved and, um, and helping the child to understand what's going on in this moment and maybe saying like, okay, <clears throat> maybe some of these games that have the loot box stuff in it, maybe you're a little too young. Maybe that's a little too addictive for you to handle right now. Um, you know, and then sometimes it just comes down to managing time, but there are ways if you have a healthy environment and, and, and a healthy life to, to interact and interface with these things that doesn't have to go into these dark places all the time. You, you, You these things can have as much control over your life as you give them you know but ministers like to say it's a demon or this or that just like our previous episode where we talked about the demonology and it's like no it's a demon that's just raging control of your mind and you don't have any control over it it's like no you have more control than some of these ministers would like for you to think
0: yeah I mean (laughs) we've talked about it before but it's honestly like the gun control a vast majority of the churches in this religious system that we're talking about are pro-gun control and you'll see them argue it's not the gun that kills people it's the people that kill people and right. they'll they'll gladly do it for their weapons but then when it comes to something for the children that can be healthy video games actually we'll get into it but it can be healthy <clears throat> because they don't understand it they just outlaw it in general and right they're, they're, t- they're robbing the children of you know the entertainment which is very very common there there are medical professions especially if you're a surgeon that it is recommended to play video games because it it improves your hand eye coordination your dexterity and it makes you there are surgeons who the better surgeons actually play xbox or playstation because their hands are so coordinated with their mind and they can quickly you know perform the surgery get in get out do the job right but these authoritative cults they're they're basically three categories of reasons why that video games are outlawed <clears throat> the first one is you know Like we mentioned with this example, kids can't overdo it, and that is – I will agree with a minister if that's that's the way it's presented. It's kind of in the gray area whether or not this guy (laughs) presented it that way. In a normal Christian church, the minister would say, now video games can be habit-forming, not addictive, but habit-forming. And your children might overdo it, and in doing so, they'll miss a vast majority of their life, and they're getting more influence from the video game than they are from you, the parents. So it might be good if you keep an eye on it and make sure they're not overdoing it. That's a normal church. In a cult church, in category number one, they would say, they're going to overdo it, they're going to become vegetables, and they'll live in their mother's basement forever. (laughs) Get them out of there. (laughs) Yeah. Then you've got the historical category of person—the people who are the ministers who are familiar with the progression of the gaming systems until they reached the electronic gaming systems. And I'm taught you mentioned the casinos. Well, the early pinball machines didn't have all of these holes, and it's—it wasn't—they weren't designed in the same way. They did not even have the the spring, um, I can't remember what you call that thing, but the thing you pull back and shoot (laughs) the ball. Yeah. What they did have was they had, you could hit these pins and knock the pins over. It was much like bowling. And they ended up putting them in casinos and they would have like a free game game Jackpot! If you got the ball in the hole, you got a free game. Well, then they gambled on, could you get the free game? And then that turned into, okay, let's turn this into actual gambling. <clears throat> and then that progressed into the electronic gambling machines. And I may or may not know Cult Elite who – Frequent casinos.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's taboo.
0: (laughs) But these men who go into the casinos and they see all these electronic games and may or may not spend their money in them. (laughs) (laughs) They see this and then they go back to their churches and they say, these electronic games, they're of the devil because I just played one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's it's crazy because, you know, like I said – just about any of this stuff, you can have a healthy relationship with it. If you, you know, it's, it's not something that has to be the end of the world, but when you're in a controlled environment where it's all about the control of what you watch, what you, how you spend your time, uh, who you interact with, these things are presented as though they're demonic and just playing the thing, takes away all your control all of your agency and that's just not the way things are that's just not the way things are in real life you know and so it is it is sad to see that um so many kids i mean i remember going to uh youth camps and you know the ministers would would harp on video games and and all kinds of entertainment music and all kinds of stuff stuff that was was not um in normal circles this stuff was not Viewed as demonic and, and evil and going to uh, control your soul or your mind, but these ministers would would start pressuring the kids to 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 do things with the entertainment that their parents had had purchased for them. And I guess we'll let this next minister uh, say for themselves what how they how they think the kids should uh, should handle these video games. Oh, mom, I can't get over these video games, man. Kill them. Right. You, your dad got a hammer?
0: How about a crowbar? Yeah? Okay, put them on a table and take that crowbar. they say not my games. Yeah, your games. What? Kill him, man. Kill him dead. You know, (laughs) (laughs) so this guy is clearly in category two, the category where there is some history behind it. He may not understand the video games, but I mentioned in the 40s, New York City banned the pinball machines. Well, (laughs) the way that they enacted this, the mayor participated with the police, and they actually took sledgehammers, and they just smashed the heck out of these things and (laughs) dumped them. What was left of the remains, they dumped it into the rivers (laughs) in the city and polluted the rivers. And, you know, so that's in the early days. And You can kind of understand why New York City did this. You had these kids who were very poor, who were working in factories, who, you know, they're spending their money, and the family needs the money. So I kind of get it. But then what happened gets kind of funny. Um, Pinball machines got banned from New York all the way to, Los Angeles, Los Angeles in 1939, banned the video game, uh, banned the pinball machines. And what happened is you've got this wide swath of the United States that you cannot play pinball (laughs) because (laughs) it started out because the kids might waste their money. But it turned into this thing where we don't know why we banned it. We just that's the way it is. We've always banned it. It wasn't until the Supreme Court of California overturned this in 1974. (laughs) Wow. That's that's pretty late, right? And even worse, even funnier, there are are cities in different rural areas in the United States that continued to ban these pinball machines, and they didn't know why. They're like... You know, we've always done it, so let's just keep doing it. Kokomo, (laughs) Indiana. It wasn't until December of 2016 (laughs) that Kokomo unbanned them. We're talking, I mean, this day and age, most people don't even want to play pinball, right? (laughs) And so what happened was you've got these ministers who remember smashing these things, and they – they told their kids and their kids became preachers and (laughs) then their kids. So there's this long history of let's smash the games because the games are fun. And it ended up, well, we don't know why we're smashing them, but let's do it because that's what we've always done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, this brings up, like I was said in the introduction to this clip, this brings up a lot of memories for me of youth camps and stuff like that. And if there's any, <clears throat> if there's anyone watching this show right now that went to any of these youth camps, uh, they know what I'm talking about. And you'd have a lot of ministers who would encourage you to burn your CDs, burn your games, get rid of your movies, you know, uh, destroy the TV in your home, you know, uh, you know, get rid of all that, you know, because that's all demonic and it's all taking control of your mind. And, you know, you need to be in this word and you need to be getting closer to this word. And it's going to keep you from, from catching a rapture. If, if, if you play these video games or listen to this music. And one of the things that, Growing up and getting older, back then I didn't really see this, but as I get older and I actually and have a job and I pay for my own stuff, I think about how my parents would have felt if I'd have came home and just set fire to... All my video games that they had purchased for me because they they had spent taken their hard-earned money and they had decided it's okay for me to have this video game and they purchased it for me but I'm in the backyard setting it all on fire and I say my minister told me that this is what I should do to get into heaven Um, I see a lot of problems there and I imagine my parents would have had a lot of problems with that as well
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I can't even imagine I mean well first off you know, the parents in a normal, non-cult, non-authoritative frame of mind, a normal Christian church is going to teach a person the skills that they need to continue through life as they enter into adulthood and get children of their own. And so you don't lead by forcing, you lead by explaining why we do what we do and leading someone to accept the belief as though it's something that is good and helpful to them, not just you can't do that and I'm going to go destroy everything that you have. You know, whenever you do this to a kid, you know, as well as I do, (laughs) James, if, if the kid doesn't understand why you're doing it and you're doing it in a way that hurts them like this, you know, if you destroy the video games, they're not going to, Enter into adulthood and even accept what you've done to them. They just see you as this, you know, this person who, who took their fun away. That's that's all they <laughs> see. It
1: it is so sad because you know, I, I've examining some of these things and going into some of these topics. I mean, we, we could go on for hours just using clips of ministers saying all sorts of crazy things. So we have to we have to trim it down. We have to find only a few. But you know, I mean, I've even seen ministers. You know, just you know, just go off on all unhinged rants on video games. And, you know, it is, it's, it's sad because we, you know, we've examined all sorts of entertainment in the show so far. And, and just it, when you put it all together, when you put all the various, you know, thoughts of all the different kinds of entertainment that kids are able to interface with in the message, which is very few and all about none, depending on which, which church you go to, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's so sad because you see kids being robbed of innocent fun, you know, and it's like, you know, you could think of, um, you know, that you could think of so many examples of like movies or different things like that. We're like, well, maybe it shouldn't be for kids, but there's so many things out there that kids shouldn't have any problem, you know, uh, interfacing with. And, you know, w- one of the things that I was, sh- I was completely shocked to see was a minister um Ranting on Minecraft. And I was like, okay, well, I gotta see this. I gotta <laughs> see what's going on here because this just doesn't, this just doesn't seem, seem logical here. But, uh, let's let the minister speak for himself and, uh, take a look. As believers, I don't believe we should let our children be playing all of these games that are on these devices because I don't think you're gonna find any born again Christians doing, you know, uh, Minecraft or, uh, War of the Worlds, or whatever those things are. Uh, in fact, I did some research on that and found out that uh, one of the most popular uh, writers of those games is, is a drug addict who constantly would just get himself as high as he could get and still function, and then stay up for 36 hours straight under an anointing and write those games. And
0: <laughs> So, James, I'm going to be really honest with you here. I have children and they're boys. They love Legos. And the number one weapon that you can <laughs> take down a parent with is a little tiny Lego on the floor. <laughs> and <laughs> Minecraft, for me, is it's basically playing Legos on a screen. And I don't have to step on the dang thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I I fully disagree with this minister. Minecraft is the most wonderful thing that has ever happened to America. <laughs> <clears throat> but <clears throat> this brings us into... Category three, which, in my opinion, is the worst of all the categories. Mm. And if you put it on a scale, on a balanced scale, from the guy who has a tendency to want to live in his mother's basement to this guy who's ranting on Minecraft, who probably doesn't even understand what it is, this is the category that is the worst because it is basically rules for the sake of rules, (laughs) There's no other reason for it. It is a rule so that I can create a rule. And that's what happens when you're in a cult of authoritarian control. We've got on our website, you can type in the search, go to william-branham.org and type in cult rules. And you'll see some of the rules that we grew up with. And I've had people contact me over this. They're just completely shocked. Like, why did you have this rule? This is so silly. And some of them... They, they were part of the rants that I've talked to you about. They, you know, I don't really believe that many people follow these rules, but as the minister is ranting about <clears throat> this, that, or the other, and he throws in all of these evils of the world, he'll throw things in like, and you people playing bunko. I guarantee you that a vast majority, probably 90% of our listeners or more, maybe 95 or more, have never even heard of bunko. Don't even know what it is. <laughs> but, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a social gathering where people could go and they play this game and you know, it's I don't know the rules of it. I've not actually played it, but As these men are ranting, we've got this list, and you can look through it on the website, but no stitch-and-sew parties. You know, in other words, we don't want you to get together and have fun, basically. Don't play bunko. One of the most interesting, as it relates to the authoritarian control, is no dice, And we all all know what that comes from. It's the gambling. The people who may or may not be going to the casinos and playing a little (laughs) fun game come back and they tell their congregations, you can't have dice. What's really interesting is, I don't know if this happened in your sect, but in the main sect of the message, one of the prophet's sons, apparently, spread this doctrine that If you played Monopoly or any of the board games and you took, you used the dice that came with the game, the devil was in those dice and would come out and get you and it would convert you into a gambler and you'd lose everything that you have. I can't remember how the the full doctrine worked. (laughs) But instead, what he and others did, I mean, this was widespread in Jeffersonville. I'd go to a house, uh, you see, I grew up in. You know, everywhere from coast to coast, basically. And when I moved back here, I'd go into these houses and I'd see this little box. I was like, "What in the world is that?" And they say, "Oh, we're going to play a game." And so they'd get out Monopoly or whatever. And I'm looking for where's the dice, man. And they'd hand me this little box, and you push a button on it, and it was a random generator of numbers in the same way that a dice is a random (laughs) generator of numbers and even more specifically it was an intellect an electronic generator of numbers which in fact means it was a video game
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's crazy because like i that the the no dice thing that's foreign to me and my group but you know i mean because Board games was one of the things that we could do that seemed to be immune from this sort of thing in my group for whatever reason. I mean, you go into other groups and it's like, that's not the case. Board games are just as evil as everything else. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess my group kind of lucked out a little bit when it came to board games. <laughs> we didn't get much else, but we got board games. But, you know, this also, um, you know, talking about dice and things like that. One of the things that is kind of related to video games because it sort of spawned, you know, a lot of the modern sort of role playing games in, in like, it was sort of the spark of the imagination for it was Dungeons and Dragons. And back in like the, the seventies, there was, you know, the satanic panic over, over Dungeons and Dragons because there was so, there was this widespread fear that started being propagated by a few people in media that it was these people were doing occult rituals while they're playing this game. And it's just, <laughs> And if anyone's ever played Dungeons and Dragons or knows anything about it, really, it is so silly to think that's what's going on. Any, I'm I'm sure people have taken Monopoly and made it into some weird thing just because they made these weird house rules. And I'm sure somebody out there, maybe at one time, maybe played a game of Dungeons and Dragons and maybe decided to make it an occult thing. But that's one person isolated because they decided to do something weird with it. That doesn't mean that the actual property itself or the game itself is harmless. I mean... One of the things that uh, that Dungeons & Dragons, at its core, it's a game of imagination. Like, everybody comes to it, they decide what kind of character they want to play, whether they're playing in a fantasy realm or a sci-fi realm. They come up with a backstory for their character, and you've got the Dungeon Master, who takes them through this series of adventures, it's like, okay, you encounter a goblin, and you know, what do you do? Do you barter with the goblin? Do you fight the goblin? Do you do? Cause you got to go save somebody or you got to go do this or do that. And it's a way of simulating when you compare it to video games, the dungeon master is simulating the computer on the other side, the AI, the thing that's, that's running the game for the player. And in this case, multiple players. And it's just one of those things that is harmless, harmless fun. And you know, it, it, you know, the satanic panic in, in the 70s really uh, did a lot of damage to that brand because so many, even like me, I grew up without that. And I always thought of it as something that was demonic. I'd hear about it, you know. And then one of the things that brought it back into popularity again was the show Stranger Things. Because in the very first season, the very first episode, it opens up with the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. And so many people were like, Wait a minute, that's Dungeons & Dragons? I thought it was something completely different. I thought it was something else. <laughs> and then it captivated so many people. And and, and they were like, okay, well, I want to figure out what's more about this. And then you have this wide swath of adults who are picking it up for the first time because they grew up being told that it was this demonic thing and they were going to go on killing speeds or rampage because the demons were going to infest them in their mind and, and take control over them. And it's just, it's the nonsense. And this is something outside of the message, but message people would have happily adopted it because it's saying that you know these sorts of entertainment are demonic and that seems to be a very easy thing to ingest into the message but yeah it's it's sad to see especially when you look at adults who wide swaths of their childhood where they could have interfaced with innocent things and had fun with their friends they didn't do it because they were afraid of the ramifications for their soul
0: yeah, it's again, it's basically it's rules for the sake of rules. So there's <laughs> there's no logical reason. <clears throat> and it's like anything else. It's what you put on the gaming machine. If you're playing Minecraft, which is one of the most healthiest, tamest, wholesome games for a child to play. I I wouldn't have trouble with even a two-year-old playing Minecraft, man. It's it's building blocks. I mean, they're going to sit on the floor with their building blocks, or they can sit in front of the television with their building blocks. This man has no clue what Minecraft is, or he wouldn't be saying this. But like you said, with the Dungeons and Dragons, which... I was going to mention that, too, but you beat me to it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This whole this whole swath of fear in this religion, it's fear of the unknown. And many of these people preaching it, they have no clue what it is they're preaching about. They they preach for the sake of preaching, and they like to hear what their own mouth says, and they get excited about it. And it, a lot of you'll hear them say it. I'm preaching to you, and I didn't even know what I was going to say. This revelation come out of my mouth, and then it's some revelation like Minecraft is of the devil, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they just they have, you know, the listeners have itching ears. Well, I think they have an itching mouth. It's it's so freaky weird, (laughs) but one of the earliest games that you know and to prove the point that these guys have no clue what they're talking about video games has this wide variety of what is a video game you know i mentioned the dice thing that's an electronic game which is essentially a video game all the way to you know whenever i was in what age was that it's probably seventh grade they had all over the news because the <clears throat> the fundamentalist religious leaders had risen up against mortal combat because two men were fighting on the screen and you could control the men fighting and there was one particular move that you could do on one character <laughs> you could rip his spine out <laughs> and you'd hold the spine up and yes i won i held the spine up everybody went into this weird religious frenzy and all of these boycotts on not just the game itself, but any gaming system (laughs) that had the game, those were also outlawed. You can't play the whole gaming system and all of its thousand games because this one single game. And even as a kid, I'm like, really, man, it's (laughs) it's what you put in it. Like (laughs) if I'm going to put in Minecraft (laughs) into this gaming system and I'm going to play that, why ban it? Because it has a game that you could put in it that I don't have, you know, but one of the earlier games. So there are also these text based games. And I had no idea how widely popular this was until recently, I had a client who wanted me to develop some text based games. But my my earliest experience was the Oregon Trail, which you've probably heard and played. But It's like reading a book, but it's a choose-your-own-adventure. It presents you with the wagons are going over the hills, and you have the choice of going into the path towards the water or the path towards the plains. Which one do you want to choose? And you choose it, and then suddenly your wife has dysentery. (laughs) (laughs) That's how this game worked, right? Well, my first experience with this game, I was in a school in... um, I think it was also, it was either 7th or 6th or 7th grade, but the school had this technology center that was one of the most advanced in the nation in this little podunk town that we lived in. <laughs> and on any given day, you'd see people from Japan or China or India touring to see what they'd set up. You could build and I did many of these things. You could build a V8 engine. You could build a bridge and see how much weight it would take. So you were doing architecture, auto mechanics, computers, audio design, music. I mean, everything, everything technology. And I was in the technology side. In my opinion, it wasn't as advanced as it should have been because you sat down and you played Oregon Trail and that was your experience with technology, right? I was bored out of my mind. Like, this game was. I was used to Miss Pac Man. This game's no good. And so I taught myself in that class how to hack. It was my first experience hacking. I hacked into the game and I got to where I taught myself to read the code looking through it. And first I had to figure out how the hacking even worked. Like, I had no clue, but I started toying around with it, and I found a way to inject myself at the very, very end of the game because I wanted to see how this thing ends. Where where is this headed? Why am I playing this? And I made it to the very, very final scene before you won the game, and then all of a sudden, I can't remember how it displayed, but it displayed these winning banners and things. Just as these guys from Japan were walking by, and they looked over, and The instructor, who's tour given the tour of of the facility, he looked over. Nobody's ever beat that game before. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody, like, there's this big celebration, and I wasn't about to say, "Well, I kind of hacked into it."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it it is, it is crazy, you know, because um, you you look at you look at stuff like that, and you know how we're how we're, we're Told from the minister we're not allowed to interface with these things. And then we, you know, we, we still do. Um, cause like you said, we don't understand why this is, why this is wrong. Because it's just nothing logically seems to tell us that there's anything wrong with this, especially something like Minecraft. But then you have situations where some of the kids experience whiplash as they go through their life. Because just like with so many things, the parents decide, okay, this is okay. This is fine. We'll let this in the household. We'll let the kids play some games. We'll let the kids watch some movies, whatever. Then some time goes by and something happens where the minister says something like, oh, well, the video games are demonic. And, you know, and the parents come home from church. It's like, okay. No more video games. They're out the door. No more movies. The video games are out the door. We're getting rid of them all. And you have some some kids growing up in the in these movements who have have this whiplash where sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not, and sometimes it's okay to have fun, and then sometimes you're just like, well, I'm back to playing with sticks, I guess, because that's all that's all I got in my life, you know. And it's it's so sad, Uh, like you said, the, the 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 rules that have no reason, no sound reason to be there, but. The parents are just as caught up in this and and they want what's best for their kids. They don't want their kids interfacing with demonic things and and, and ruining their lives. They're trying to create, they want what's best for their kids. And so they hear these things come across the pulpit and they're like, no, it's not because I'm trying to take away your fun. I want what's best for you. And I've been convinced by this minister that this this is what you need to have ripped out of your life for your own good. And it's it sets up this vicious cycle between parents and kids that that is so unhealthy because like you know the kids they know that this is this is baloney and a lot of times and 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 then they're like sets up this animosity with their parents and it's it's so sad but these top down control mechanisms just work ha- Rick havoc in people's lives and in, in, in some of these ways and it's so sad to see
0: yeah it is sad I mean y- you know my advice is this James if you're in the category of the first guy that we listen to and you are a late teenager or however old you are and you're stuck in your mother's basement and all you want to do is play video games, I'm going to give this minister that. Get out of the basement, man. <laughs> Go experience life. Go have fun. I mean, there's now that COVID has lifted, there's all kinds of fun things that you can do and enjoy life. I Again, I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully, that's what he meant. I don't. Think it came across that way, and if he ever listens to this, maybe he can take some feedback and adjust to like the other normal Christian ministers would do, where it's an advice you know, if you're going to live in your mother's basement, get out of the basement. But for the people who are controlling their kids to the extent that they're actually listening to the guy over the platform when he says Minecraft is evil. Number one, this guy has no clue what he's talking about. Number two, you as a parent, it's your job to raise your children, and it's your job to make sure there aren't people who are predators who are impacting your children. And that's what this guy is. This guy, has he's creating rules for the sake of rules, for authoritarian control. And if you're a parent and you're listening to this kind of thing, and you've not even stopped to think, well is this guy does even make sense has he does even know what minecraft is if you've not asked that question to yourself then you're probably under his authoritarian control and you might want to get out of there you know what i mean
1: Right, you know, cuz that's the thing, you know, we said it before earlier in the show. The these there are tons of games and things for all ages. Um just like we talked about in the comic books episode where there are things that are designed for kids and there are some things that are designed for adults. You know, a 4-year-old kid probably shouldn't be playing GTA 5. I'm just going to say they probably that's that's probably a little too mature, a little too old for them, but you know, whatever. It is what it is. But, you know, <laughs> When you look at things like Minecraft, (laughs) you've got, you've got, calm music playing around this little eight bit music that that is so serene and then you're taking blocks the entire world is made of blocks different kinds of blocks and you can take the block the grass block and place it over here you can build structures with it it's virtual legos you know and and they introduce these little obstacles by having you know these little cartoonish little things come out at night to to add a little bit of of um, difficulty to it. If you choose to play in that mode, you can actually play in completely serene and build mode and and not even turn that on. But it's, it's, but there's nothing about it. There's no adult themes in it. There's no blood and gore. There's no, there like, y- you can think of all these extreme things that the minister could, could be going after. And it's like, and, but see, that's where you, where it's, where you get to when you're in the top down authoritarian cult is Things stopped making sense when you entered the door and when you get past that, all bets are off and as soon and and you get further in and soon Minecraft's going to be demonic and it's just like, that's just the way it goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, Minecraft is, is, again, it's one of the the most healthy games that you can give to your kids, and it's educational. I mean, you're learning to build. It's no different than, you know, I had these erector sets, and I had these, I can't even remember what they're called, but these little blocks that you could build castles and whatnot, they had these little pins sticking out. Even as a little tiny child, you have these things. And in today's world, it's the equivalent of that without the mess. So for a parent, it's, it's the perfect thing. So, you know, my advice, again, if you're a parent and you have a man who is making rules for the sake of rules, you're probably in a bad situation. You might want to think about it. If you're a kid and you're listening to this show, my advice is do what your parents say and make sure your parents are thinking uh, you know bring it up to them say <laughs> Dad, do you know Minecraft is just building blocks? (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) So if you have weird doctrines that you'd like for us to discuss on the show, you can contact us on the web. You can find us at william-branham.org. For an overview of the historical research of William Branham and the healing revivals, read Preacher Behind the White Hoods, a critical examination of William Branham and his message, available on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible.